everybody. Well, welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. I am Nats, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Ash. Hello. And Jimin. How are And we are back. We are here to talk about K-pop and things in the K-pop entertainment space. And because it's has kind of been a long while since we've been back. Some of these stories might not be super fresh, but we want to talk about it. And we, this is our podcast, so we're going to talk about the things we want to talk about. <laughs> so we hope you join us on that journey and you like what we talk about. I mean, definitely reach out to us if you have any recommendations or anything you'd like us to discuss. But for now, we are going to start this episode with what are you listening to? Is that directed at me? Anyone. <laughs> well, my list is very short because it actually hasn't been much lately. But overall, I have been listening to 2 by 2 particularly opening sequence. Lonely Boy's been stuck in my head. And I've also been listening to like a lot of Western rap music. Very, And when I say Western rap music, I mean J. Cole. Like, it started off with me listening to Born Sinner, and I listened to, like, some of Big Sean's music that sounded along those same lines. And then my playlist started to play all the J. Cole songs. Well, not my playlist, but YouTube started to just recommend, J- like, play J. Cole songs. And I just listened to all of them from the old days. And yeah, I think I actually like J. Cole's music now. But that's really it. What about y'all? Ash? Yeah, so I haven't really been listening to a lot of K-pop in general. I've been kind of behind as far as like the newest releases, but I have been listening to, I recently listened to Chloe and Howie's album, last album recently. The Hour? Yes. I forgot how good that album was, by the way. It's really good. There's a, I don't know if you guys remember, there was a group of girls that went viral on YouTube one time they did a video that was like the history of girl groups or something. You guys remember them? Well No. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Oh uh, anyway, well it was five girls. They have really good voices and they formed this group called Citizen Queen. And they've come out with a few songs here and there. Mostly been they've mostly done stuff kinda like pentatonics where it's a cappella. And I think one of the girls left is just four of them now, but they had a new song out that's more like a modern kind of pop, hip-hop-ish type song. Anyway, it's really good. It's called EXO. Obviously, they all have really good voices, and I miss Western girl groups so much. Let's listen to some Escape, speaking of girl groups. And then there is a Broadway musical I just learned about not that long ago. Let's listen to this recording for it called Six. It's kind like uh england's answer to hamilton (laughs) where it's about the six wives of henry the eighth and so each the all six wives are giving a concert and each wife basically does a song about why they are the most important wife or why they deserve the most praise or they're the best wife or whatever and each wife is also based on a pop star or like a blend of pop stars so they have one that's like a blend of Shakira and Beyonce and one that's based on Alicia Keys and one is based on Britney Spears and Ariana Grande. So 
it, it's it's kind of a fun mix of songs and genres. Anyway, we'll be listening to that. That's pretty much it. Not really a lot of K-pop this time around. I have been listening to mostly Renaissance. I explained this before. Alien Superstar is like the song that I listen to on loop, but I do love All Up In Your Mind. I love it. I love the album. I feel like I can't just listen to, I listen to certain like Alien Superstar, like I'll play on loop in the shower. I find like going on a walk and listening to the whole album is just so therapeutic for me. And I mean, I'm saying this as somebody who hasn't listened to a Beyonce album since Lemonade. And I think she had like three whole albums after that. So like, I was just not feeling Black is King and Everything is Love and whatever else she can, and The Gift. Like, I just was not feeling it. I'm sorry. I just wasn't. So I, oh, I, I did listen to each album once to see if, you know, I would like it. I didn't like it. And I, I haven't looked back since then. So I can't even tell you what's on those albums. But I definitely was, I went into Renaissance, not sure what to expect. And I ended up really loving it. So I'm really excited for Act 2 and Act 3, which are supposed to come out sometime in the future. I don't know. In terms well, of... Well, you know, what I heard now is that Act 2 and Act 3 are not actually going to be, like, separate albums, but are more extensions of the album. So Act 2 might be, like, more visual stuff of some kind. Mm, and then Act, and Act 3 is going to be a tour. That's what I've been hearing that... Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I've seen stuff from people like writers and producers who are saying that they're working on new music now. So I just assumed mm-hmm. that it wasn't gonna be like two full albums. Also, somebody said that the whole thing is like her trying to reclaim music back to black people. So the act one is like the house club sound, and act two and three are gonna be rock and country. So I thought that was that was really interesting. I mean, if she goes through, because I really did like Don't Hurt Yourself which she did with Jack White from The White Stripes. Is his name Jack White? I can't remember his name. But that was a really good song. And so I'm I'm really interested to see how that goes. I don't know. But in terms of K-pop, I, you know, I mean, I do listen to all the new songs that have come out. And I feel like I've only really been listening to GOT7, as always. I've been listening to a lot of Infinite lately. And and then just the girls like Ivy, Espa, Black, Black Pink, Fatu from Swan is dropping a mis- mixtape soon. Oh, I saw about that. Yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, honestly, if you told me any guy group besides God's Heaven drop music this year, I would be like, sure. I mean, I, don't, I, know, it's, <laughs> I know it's true, but it's like the girls really have been bringing the hits this year for me. I mean, you're uh, so. not the only, you're not the only one. I mean, the guys are basically absent from the major music charts, except for BTS and like a few of the others. But other than that, it's all been the girl groups. Tomorrow but even <laughs> tomorrow, yes, yes, two by two as well. Even though I wasn't a huge fan of this album, I actually have been going back and listening to like We Lost the Summer and Zero by One Love Song. They were really good at Lollapalooza. You guys should check it out. Their set was really good. Like, I I, I sent a link to Jimin as well when it was going on live. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was, really, it was really good. And it's funny, because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's going to link up with what we were saying later, but I had some really mixed feelings when I was listening to some of their performances. Um, and, like, thinking about, like, not quite existential stuff, but almost quite. And then, I, and then Zero by One Love Song came on, and I was like, ah, never mind, we're fine. So not not quite existential, but just existential about you or about them? About me, about me. 
that makes this conversation so weird okay so basically we had like we're gonna be talking about comebacks like everybody who's been interesting that came back recently and think people who are gonna be interesting that are coming back in the future because we are getting some in comebacks some really interesting stuff coming up out of everybody that came that came back or is coming back, I know Key's coming back. Yes, Gasoline. I will say I do like what Key puts out. Again, I think I mentioned this in our Patreon episode. I am on a bit of a shiny break because I'm going through some stuff related to shiny. And, you know, sometimes you just, you, you should not put yourself through stuff. With Black Pink, I'm interested to see what that's gonna be. Golden Child has the nerve to have a song called Replay after their fans attacked us like that. It's actually yeah. not a bad song. There are definitely like I'm not saying song. that it's the best song. I'm saying yeah. they have the nerve, the nerve to yes. have their fans <laughs> attack us and then turn around and name their song after one of the most iconic shiny songs. No, the most they iconic of all time. Yeah, like, come one on. of the most iconic debuts of all time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not a bad song. I will say it's definitely like people are saying it gets giving infinite. I don't necessarily agree, but I am very impressed with what they do vocally on that song, which is not something you, I say a lot in about like K-pop artists. Well, I mean, honest. I do want to listen yeah. now that you said that. Yeah. Especially, it's, I don't have anything against Go to Child. Yeah. I just feel like it's funny how they fans attack us and then. <laughs> Uh, and also too, fans, sorry about you know the beef from the from the past. Well, what are we let's sorry for? It. We didn't do nothing First, wrong. Let's, no, no, but you know what? We're gonna, I'm gonna be an adult here. We're gonna squash the beef. Let's let's move on together. Be, consider being the beef squashed. Yes. Well, <laughs> I'm thinking, thinking about the meme. <laughs> you thinking about that meme with the I'm guy? Not, but I'm sure okay. you'll explain it. No, no, no. It's okay. Let's move on because we've been side. Yeah. Maybe you'll send me the meme. Yeah, yeah. But apparently, apparently, Snoop Dogg has a new song with somebody named Benny Blanco, who I'm assuming is the Chicago Bulls mascot. I don't understand why that had to happen. I think I heard a clip of it, and I was like, I don't know why this had to happen, and then just turn it off. <laughs> They're not even in the music video. Yeah, it's just so- Benny Blanco. For being a pretending to go to a like to be an army or something, yeah, I was like, yeah, okay. yeah. And, were, <laughs> and then the fans were like, "Why aren't they promoting it? They're not even in the music video." Like that already told you how much importance they put on this project. I do think it's funny too because I was seeing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I was just saying I was seeing a lot of stuff about SNSD too. I they were all over Twitter. I don't know why, but. Maybe you guys can fill me in. Well, it's a big deal. You know, 15 years together and still... Oh, I guess. That's yeah, why. making music. Yeah, and it's it's been five years since their last comeback, so... And, and they were hanging out with Key, too. I mean, they're all really good friends, right? Like, four, yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. or five of the members are still signed to the company, so they still tour and promote and, you know, do all the SME stuff. It's just Tiffany, Sohyun, and Suyoung, who are not a part of the company anymore. So, you know, this is the era of people just si- being signed to whoever they want to be signed to and being able to promote with their groups. And it's, it is a good thing. It's a very cool thing. I do not like the song. I'm sorry. I was not a huge fan of the album either, but, you know, it it, it, it felt like an anniversary album versus an actual comeback. 
And I guess maybe that's why it didn't work for me. So my feelings on the album, as I said, I just thought that it felt like more of an anniversary album than an actual comeback, which is great if, you know, it's great for the fans because the fans are the ones who were really excited and hopeful. And, you know, they've waited five years, which is a pretty long time uh, for a comeback. But I just thought the song itself was boring. Like, yeah, it didn't really do much for me. And and then the album itself was not very impressive. I thought they didn't sound that great outside of maybe a couple of songs. I think Mood Lamp for sure is one of the best songs they've come out with in general, but they sounded really good on it. And Villain, which was co-written by Tiffany and Young, was really good. But I just wasn't feeling it. And I mean, you know, I have a very complicated relationship with SNSD, yes. But also, I really like Lionheart. Lionheart, I think, is still their best Korean language album. Obviously, their Japanese stuff, like, outpaces, outmatches any of their Korean stuff, in just my opinion. But in terms of their actual albums, I still think, you know, Lionheart's a fantastic album. I Got a Boy is really good as well, too. Even their first album, Into the New World, is really strong. So it's not that, like, I can separate my personal feelings on certain things that have happened with the music. And I've still been able to pleasantly enjoy SNSD and promote them and all that kind of stuff. But this album just wasn't given. It was really boring. And I don't see anybody talking about it anymore. So I assume that the, like, the sparkle has kind of faded in some ways on that album as well. Because even the girls are just back to their solo stuff, like promoting their films and their dramas everybody's just back to the regular schedule I, I think it didn't help that Sohyun had also had COVID and they were they were supposed to be on the music shows but they weren't able to go for that reason but also like okay, you have you're an eight-member group and you're missing one member you guys couldn't promote without her I was just kind of confused about that as well too but yeah I don't know as I said the album itself just didn't do much for me and it was very forgettable so I'm gonna I wait feel- for mm-hmm. Oh, just as someone that's not a Sone from the outside looking in, I would have, it just felt very muted to me. Like, it doesn't have to be like a huge celebration, but I just would have thought there would have been more leading up to it or the performance would have had more, or the song would have been more boisterous or fun or it just all seemed kind of just, like you said, dull. So I was, I was kind of surprised by that, but yeah. I mean, like, with Forever What, I still think, I do think it's a grower. I don't think it's that bad of a song. But it's not like Party. I think Party's an awful song. You know, I hate it a lot. It's not like a Holiday, you know? I really dislike that song very strongly. Uh, no. Forever One is just kind of boring. And Yeah, no, not the, the quality of the song. Yeah, just, I would have yeah. thought that they would have come out with something more... Oh, like the boys, I got a boy, or... Yeah, like, like, yeah. Like, yeah, because usually what happens is on their, their titles, they're very strong. Even if it's not, it doesn't have to be a SNS. It doesn't have to be the boys or I got a boy every single time, but every concept that they come out with, their title track itself is actually captivating. But yes. this wasn't, this isn't Mr. Mister. It isn't Genie. You know, it isn't any of those songs. It just kind of fell flat for me personally. And honestly, I feel they also kind of started doing the thing in K-pop that I hate, which is they focus more on aesthetics than they did on the quality of the music. 
And you could tell because in the music video it was very much, I'm a pretty girl, look at my hair. And it they've done that before, but they also had good songs, good production. People were actually singing. Like Taeyeon didn't really sing that well, that much in the song. There were no high notes. There wasn't any, there wasn't much of anything really. So it was just very strange, I think. But yes, that is my thoughts on Forever. It's made for the fans. So if the fans mm. it, hey. That's that's all that matters, basically. Because you guys are the ones who were waiting for five years. So really happy for you. And it is good to see a group being able to still come together and make waves in 15 years, you know? So here's to another five years. Make it 20, like SES did, but also more frequently than SES. So, hey, enjoy it. And let's see, who else came back? So Sunny came back with Just a Dancer and also Nicole Jung back with UFO and I am really happy once again you know for second gen girls to be coming back and doing things and I like just the dancer I'm not as into UFO from Nicole but you know yeah where's Nicole been I feel like a long time ago I heard about her going solo and then nothing else she did she had the solo called mama it did okay and then she kind of disappeared and then she popped up again on YouTube she has a YouTube channel Everybody has a YouTube channel, as you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and she's just been doing YouTube stuff, which is basically her doing Pilates and drinking and eating. Like, that's literally oh, all she huh. does. And yeah, and then Sunny did Mama the Idol earlier this year. She's been a little bit more active, but Korea hates her because they think that she ruined Wonder Girls. So <laughs> it's been really hard for her to, you know, make any real moves in Korea but just the dancer's cute. The album's okay. She signed to Blockberry, which is Luna's out of agency, which is very interesting hmm. to me. But yeah, I, it's, it's cute supporting the girls. And Tan Walking on the Moon was interesting because I think that was the song that we listened to earlier this year. Not that this song, sorry. This is a group that debuted this year that we kind of like their other song. And this one is actually pretty good too. I feel like they, they're bringing back vocals. They're bringing back charisma. They're bringing back, you know, a little something-some. So check out Tan. I think, though, like, the biggest... The things that I'm most looking forward to are Ivy's comeback after, like, Twice's Between 1 and 2 and Blackpink's Pink Venom, if this ever happens. Who knows? I don't know. It's supposed to come out on Friday. I don't believe them. Have you <laughs> have you heard the teaser yet? The one that has, I guess it has a little bit of the song playing. I haven't. I mean, I've seen a whole bunch and... of, yeah. But Teddy, I Rowan, mean, it's a Teddy song. Yeah, so. no, I mean, yeah, it, it sounds, I mean, it's not very much that's playing, but it sounds pretty much what you would assume exactly. it would sound like. And the thing is, is, it's so crazy to me because when the pictures came out, their concept photos and stuff, I was like, they always have the concept down. But then they give me nothing beyond concept. The song doesn't match the concept. And the girls out outside the video, maybe, give nothing to the concept. So it's almost like they're scamming you. Because you see the photos and it makes you think, ooh, this looks like something. And then, I don't know, when the, whole, and when the result of when the entire project was revealed then it's just i'm always disappointed i'll be very interested to see how they do on the vmas i mean the vmas are pretty much dead now but i mean they've never really performing has not really been there they're okay but i don't know i i, I have a lot to say about how k-pop groups are basically being used by 
Western execs. But yes, I'll be interested to see how they do it at the VMAs. Well, it's an even exchange, I think. I think K-pop wants the wants to be able to say we were on the VMAs, which is one of the major like award shows in America. You know, I, I think it's the prestige that they so they Korea definitely gets something out of it. That's why when people are like, oh, they're just using them for hype and blah. I'm like, yeah, but it goes both ways. Both of them are using each other. So we'll see how it goes. So Changa was recently on social media sharing some thoughts she had with the with her company, MNH, I Entertainment. I don't know that company to be quite honest with you, but she did a, the broadcast on Instagram Live and she people were asking her about a world tour because everybody's on a world tour. Even Kang Daniels talking about going on a world tour. And I will go to see Kang Daniels. So I'm actually kind of excited about that. But everybody is talking about world tours these days. And her album recently came out a couple months ago, Baron Rare. So she cites company conditions as the reason that she wasn't sad. She wasn't able to perform the song she wanted because of the delays, I guess, with part two for that. And she was talking about uh, talking about her company taking better care of her and then maybe even leaving her company and not being signed to them anymore because she's frustrated with this treatment and the fact that she can't just do what she wants as an artist. And she ended it with kind of like, the clip I seen was like, oh my God, can I say that? And I was like, well, you already did. And it's on the internet. So I don't know about all that. But... I do have to add that I know that there was a bit of problem too with her and 88 Rising as well. Because when they did their set at Coachella, the Jackson Wang was at, the CL was at, Millie was at, she wasn't there as well. And she's a pretty big, you know, Korean act at this point. So it, there were some issues or rumors that I'd heard about her having maybe some problems with what she wanted to do also through 88 Rising. So I think that it might be a problem with, you know, all of her management sort of not being in sync with her and with her career so far. And I, I feel like that could be it. Because I don't think Sparkle, which was from Baron Rare Part 1, I don't think that really made that much of an impact. I feel like it came and went. Did you guys even know that Chunga had to come back? I did, but I never, I never caught the video or the song, so... Uh, yeah so i mean i just feel like you know she was she's not really making the same impact that she was a year ago so it could be frustrations with that as well too because there's so many groups there's always some so much going on right now like you have to continuously be putting shit out whether it's youtube videos ig love being on varieties being on radio having you know these little these SoundCloud mixtape thingies. You have to keep producing content. And it's not just in K-pop, just in general. You have to yeah. keep producing content. So I think it's just kind of frustration at that because, you know, she wants to work and she's, it's like she's not able to. So, okay. Second topic. Jessica Jung was on Sister Who Make Waves, Sister Who Have Waves, a Chinese competition show for women who are 30s plus and who need to revitalize their careers because you know they're getting older in age and we know that everybody values youth so it's it's a show where they compete vocally with performance and some things like that it was a really good show i thought that unlike a lot of creed varieties that i've watched the the 
Chinese culture is so enriched in it. I felt like it felt very Chinese in a fantastic way. You, you learned a lot about, they normally listen to you. They love, the Chinese market loves rock. <laughs> they love them some covers too. They even had a Janet Jackson cover that they were doing a performance of. It was actually pretty cool because they have Mando covers of like every song. But yeah, so I was watching it. I enjoyed it. You know, I laughed, I cried. I haven't finished it, but I know who won. Jessica came in second to Cindy Wang. And people had a lot to say about that because apparently she's washed up. You know, nobody reads her books. She is broke. You know, she's, she's you know, somebody who was in a legendary K-pop group is on a competition show and not as a mentor. People had a lot of stuff to say. And it's like, okay, let's clear the air here. One, Cindy Wang is a wall. Two, Cindy Wang is actually Chinese. There was no way that Jessica was going to be able to get number one on the show. It's a Chinese show. Chinese people are very nationalistic. They would never have allowed a Korean American to be number one on the show. Like, let's use her brains for a second here. Two, Jessica's still a millionaire. She still has her bread. She still has her restaurant. And now with what's going on with, with what she's been able to accomplish with the show, she's making serious bang like she had up a whole bunch of cf deals in china and doing these fan sizes and stuff like that so she's making serious bank over there she's fine financially three her book shine is a new york times bestseller the sequel did not need to be one for her for like that to remove the shine of it and it's tired at this point it's really honestly just tired she clearly is banned from performing and from promoting herself in korea she has she hasn't said it outright, but we know SME and she has hinted towards it. So she's you guys don't want her in Korea. So she went to a place where she was welcome and she's made friends and she's making money. Cry into your, you know, hostel apartment that you live in. At this point, just leave her alone. That's just all I really wanted to say about that because it's just kind of crazy to me that every time Shine comes up um, or every time this what the show came up people had so much to say like oh she's milking snsd and talking the girls are not talking about her so you know but she's talking about them because she's classless and blah 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 i'm like we knew this was a three book deal four years ago are, is everybody gonna get in their feelings every single time a book drops we yep. still have a book left guys and the thing <laughs> is you love the tea you love the drama that's why you're still here that's why you're still talking about her and you're still talking about this book and the book ain't even that good. So it's, it's like, I just like, I really just need people to find other things to do at this point. Because it is really, really annoying seeing just the stupidity on here. Especially since they're coming for her for a lot of things that they have let slide from SNSD. Kyo is a, literally got charged for abusing her boyfriend. Taeyeon has never said no to plastic surgery. And also was the least professional member of Girls' Generation for like four years, where she straight up just didn't talk to her member. There's so many bullying in bullying rumors inside of that group. <laughs> so, and we know that they were fighting each other. We know that they were highly competitive in their early years. So why are you guys acting like there's only one person to blame for all the drama? Everybody was the problem. Every single member was a problem. I would say the only problem person who probably wasn't a problem would be Yuna and Sohyun, because the Maknees just stay minding their business. <laughs> I'm willing to admit that every single member, you know, contributed to what happened. And, 
you got people acting like, oh, there's only one person to blame. One person to blame is just kind of silly to me. It's, it's, it's not, it's not logical. It's not rational, especially with the history that we know of this group. So just keep this guy out of your mouth. How about that? Let's just leave it that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I get, this is just a preview of how these groups are going to go down when er, when these newer groups end up coming back together years down the line. Because I feel a lot of that that kind of jealousy is because when you have big groups like that, people play favorites, you know, and all of that. Of so then, you know, that kind of breeds this kind of like distrust. And, yeah. So it's just going to get worse, I think. <laughs> Um, in other groups yeah that actually is a really good segue to the next topic so luna is currently on tour in america and there was an incident where kim lip steps off stage due to rude fans at a chicago concert so long story short vivi had just finished you know saying her spiel during an mnet and kim lip's turn was coming up and she started talking and people were still yelling out vivi's name and basically, you know, it, she looked very uncomfortable and didn't want to continue. And she ended up leaving the concert midway through and didn't join in with the meeting greets. And when she was on stage, she did look like she was kind of holding back tears. And it, it wasn't really uncomfortable because you could tell she was really taking it personally. And, you know, the other members spoke up afterwards and said, please be respectful and, you know, let people speak when it's their turn and things like that, which I totally get. So originally when I heard that they were going on tour, I was like, I hope people cheer loudly for Vivi because I love Vivi and I feel like she's very underutilized in Luna. She's lucky she even gets solo lines in songs, okay? She's literally just a glorified backup dancer at this point who's just there. And I hate that for her. So, you know, I really did want people to show her a little bit more love. Obviously, they didn't want it at the expense of their other members because that is unfair. That's, you know, and this whole situation was very, very rude. Do I think it's worth you not doing a meet and greet to meet your other fans and walking off the stage mid-concert? No, I don't. I actually just don't think that. I think it, Blackberry came out with a statement afterwards saying that she wasn't feeling well. And that's why, like, and I kind of believe that more so she wasn't feeling well. And then this added to it because this alone is just, you, I feel Sorry, sorry. Oh, no, I was just saying as a performer in general, I feel like you would at least be maybe not trained, but understand that sometimes people will heckle or do rude things and you just, you know, keep going like nothing is wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I, as I said, watching the video did make me uncomfortable because I felt really bad for Killip, obviously. She was clearly going through it, but I just... It's kind of weird that that would make you miss half a show and a meet and greet. Like, you went through all the training and the coming out individually and all the hardship with your company. And this is the this is the thing that kind of breaks you. It's kind of weird. Like, that, that was kind of the only, my only takeaway from it. It was just that I do believe that she was probably sick. And this kind of added to that. Mm-hmm. whole thing the physical and the emotional part kind of came together and it maybe it just wasn't her night you know yeah, yeah but for just people cheering vivi's name while you're trying to speak that seems like a bit of an overreaction personally. right but you know i do hope that the other fans are going to be more respectful the other yeah because definitely it's very rude why are you ch- chanting someone else's name while you know 
this person's trying to speak and, and do their job. You know what I mean? And so I hope oh. that the rest of the shows are going to go. But yeah, so that was the whole situation. Guys, treat the members equally. I know my heart is with Vivi for sure because she's my favorite and Eves as well. But treat them all equally. Treat them with respect and love. It's not easy because <laughs> they haven't really popped, you know what I mean? So it's probably not easy to be this long in your career and still kind of trying to prove yourself. So just a quick thing about a little notice about Monster X. Five of the six members have re-signed with Starship, but I am the sexy man that he is. And he's also the maknae, I think, of Monster X. Decided not to re-sign with Starship Entertainment. And he's still in the group, but he's going to be doing his own thing as well. And we respect that. You know, we we love a, a man in charge, CEO in the making. So good luck to I am in the future. He's he's cute. <laughs> he's, the, he's the only one I know of that group other than the other guy that Jimani? had to leave. Oh, yeah, Juan Ho. Him and uh, I am, they're the only ones I know offhand. I... You don't know Hyungwon? Mm-mm. You probably oh, have. Is he, is he the meme guy? Yeah. The meme guy? Okay, then I do know him. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just to say, like, he's the meme, the meme guy. That's how you know him. Know all of the members? No, I don't. Because there's one of the singers. Is it Kihan? I don't know. But there's, I, I'm not really knowledgeable of the singers to be honest but i know the rappers and i know shon shonu as well too and stuff like that and i just i like monster x i just cannot get into their music their korean music so but you know who knows what's gonna happen in the future who knows what they'll drop maybe they'll drop the best album in k-pop history you know who knows so we're rooting for monster x though we're rooting for i am we're rooting for Shonu, and we're rooting for Wanho. We're rooting for everybody. Uh, okay. So Kim <laughs> Garam, as most people know, was a member of... I always say this name, this group's name wrong. Lee Seraphim? Yeah, sure Seraphim. Okay. Yeah, Lee Seraphim. Yeah. Lee Seraphim. Okay. I was like, I always say their name wrong for whatever reason. <laughs> Anyways, they... She got kicked out of the group officially, very recently, after basically everybody in Korea... Everybody in the West, probably people in Antarctica and Mars, were saying that she needs to get kicked out. She needs to be gone. And it was all because of being, she was accused of violence and being a bully. And a really sort of short summary is that she's 16. And in April, she was, she was announced to be a part of Hybe Entertainment's newest group news girl group at that and it was monumental because they had not announced a girl group in five years and so but on the same day that they announced she was in this group anonymous users on korean blogs began accusing her of bullying underage drinking and smoking as well as school violence and basically from that time hive stood behind her they said they were going to sue people who were, you know, disparaging her name. They weren't going to stand for this. We'll see her side. There were rumors that they were going to the schools and paying off people who were actual people she went to school with who were who knew about the situation as well. So it's it was a pretty big deal. And, and then there was obviously the Kim Graham defense squad who didn't know this girl who hadn't actually, like, 
I, ha- I don't even think she'd officially debuted at the time, but she had a huge defense squad already set up. It was very crazy. But then what sort of legitimized what was going on is the accuser was being represented by a, what I heard was one of the most prestigious law firms in Korea. And she had documents about the disciplinary action that was taken by the school. And she had obviously this written legal statement. And in that time, there Kim Graham was taking selfies every day. She was completely unbothered. They were promoting, you know, Heidi was standing behind her, but then the tide sort of started to to change. And then she was put on, she was sort of removed from the group for a short period of time. And then the group kind of continued as five. And then there was some shady stuff from some of the girls who were kind of just, they seem like they're really happy to be a five-minute member group, to be quite honest with you. And so it kind of hit a, the story had climaxed by that point that she was removed temporarily while they sorted this whole situation out. And then you know, the story got kind of stale. And I feel like everybody kind of got used to the, the group being five-member group. So it was no surprise, I think, last month when they officially announced that she was going to be permanently removed from the group and she was no longer part of Hybe, I think, as well, too. And so she's gone. But she does not want to be forgotten because she has come out to speak her truth. She said... That, I mean, there's a lot of just, you know, when a statement is a non, not statement, like there's not enough substance in the statement. It's just, I have to put it out there because I need to share my thoughts and my opinions. I could imagine she, if she did this in person, she would be wearing sunglasses and like all black, you know, and standing at a podium. I assume that's the aesthetic she's going for with this note. But I think the thing that stood out the most for me was the fact that she said, basically, she would not do anything differently. which I thought was insane because I'm like girl you got a level five disciplinary action you got kicked out of school you had to change schools why would you not do anything differently you could have debuted in what is clearly going to be a a top group because of the company that they're with I don't know the whole thing was bananas insane in my opinion I know did you guys hear about this whole Kim Graham thing because I feel like we weren't really recording around when the really big things were popping off but have you heard anything about it do you have any thoughts on this whole situation yeah I mean I feel like it's it's been very even when it wasn't at top of mind it's just been very pervasive ever since it happened and definitely like you said with her having all this automatic defense despite the fact that these girls just debuted and Nobody, at least international fans, did not know anything about her. It was just, it's really wild. I feel like Hybe definitely was trying to wait it out, in a sense, to see if maybe they could do a a deal under the table or pay off whoever it was so Mm -hmm. they wouldn't have to just, you know, let it go away and people would forget about it. I feel like that's definitely what they were trying to accomplish. But it's just... It's crazy because you would think when you're getting people in these groups, obviously bullying scandals have been going on. It's a thing. But for what it sounds like she had, there was stuff on file about these incidents, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they could easily have looked this up or I don't know. I don't know if it was just them like being too ignorant not to or not caring but it kind of plays into my theory that hybe is incompetent and got really uh, an incompetent company that got really really so yeah 
let's talk about that because Hybe has never had good luck with girl groups. They had Glam, and we know what happened with Glam. A whole one of the members went to jail. <laughs> yeah, she tried to black, blackmail was an actor. Yeah, one of the biggest actors in Korea, Lee Byung-hun, I think his name is. The guy yeah. who was in, oh shit, not Transformers. Shit. Anyways, if you see a picture of this dude, you'll know who he is because he's one of the few Korean crossover stars before the Netflix era. And then, they, so that was what happened to Glam. They got G-Friend and chose to disband him just because they felt like it. No reason. And then they had Promise 9 and they've already lost a member. So now they're not Promise 9, they're Promise 8. We have... The situation with New Jeans, and obviously the situation with Lee Seraphim. So yeah, they just cannot manage girl groups. Uh, I don't know if it's incompetence. I don't know if it's bad luck. It's a lot of this has come down to choice, though, because once again, if the day that they announced that she was going to debut in this group is the same day that her bullying Mocha, all the stuff kind of came out, it's not hard to find that information. I feel like people are talking about it. And a lot of people, a lot of Koreans were coming out who went to school with her were being like, yeah, she is a bitch. I remember this one girl wrote this one letter on some site. I don't know what it was. And she's like, this is my name. This is where I live. If you have something to say to me, come meet me outside. I was like, oh, so it was real. It was real beef with this girl. Okay. So I just, I just feel like they need to do better work if they want to create the legacy that they're aiming for. And I think the legacy they're trying to get is that SM town family thing, you know, where they, they kind of do company wide things where all these generations of idols come together and have a good time. I feel like Hybe's trying to do that because they had their own ISAC with their companies, like what they had in hype in there. They had Lisa Frande, they had 17, they had TXT. So I feel like they're trying to emulate that, but it's not working because all these groups are new. One. Two, I you can't really make me believe that a lot of these people are friends. I just don't. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I want to count. I want to count yes. on it. So, one, it, all of these groups are brand new, like you said. Two, I watched that bootleg program, not the whole thing. It was very ghetto, very hood. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I felt like <laughs> New Leaks walking through the streets of Atlanta, booty child the ghetto. I... Did not I, I? I just feel like whenever they cross promote their groups, it is so obvious that that is what they're doing. When shine, like when SM does it, they can't. They can never do the SM Town thing or even YG Family because when SM Town does it, it's like, oh, you know, he just did something with SNSD. Is I don't you just, you just believe it, you know what I mean? And part of it is okay, they've known each other for a very long time. Yes, and also too, it, it just feels like. They, I, I don't know. It just feels not genuine. And don't get me wrong, like, two by two still be cracking me up. They still funny. But I feel like when you have so many new idols, they don't even know how to be idols yet, let yeah. alone how to be idols around other idols. So I don't know. I just feel like I don't think that right now they have that. They don't even feel like a fit. Honestly, it feels like they're separate tiers of their artists. And also, too, that's another thing. They don't have a company culture. Part of the reason why I feel like they, you know, it's not just the new idols thing. It's the fact that the idols that they do have, which aren't necessarily new to the game, like, it's 17 and 2 by 2 but 17 is from a totally different label. Does that make sense? It's like, it, there's no identity because they all kind of come from different places where they yeah. had an identity. 
and now they're kind of getting the they're, and now they're kind of getting exposed to each other and it it just doesn't feel right even when they do tiktok videos promoting each other's stuff it just doesn't i don't know it, it doesn't go down right with me. It, it just feels awkward i guess is what i'm saying yeah no absolutely if you were if you're gonna tell me that okay 17 and like new east because i think they were both from pletus right i think yeah they were both, they were from both pletus. pletus that makes sense you know like and you know them being at this new company and obviously new east disbanded and only some of the members stayed with the company so i don't even know if they were at this bootleg thing this bootleg isaac they were, they were? so but that's no they weren't i don't they think weren't. They were. oh okay because i was gonna say that's I, it was 17 two by two la seraphim and then i forgot oh in hyphen, in hyphen. i think yeah yeah, and then uh, once again, you talked about tears as well, too, right? And BTS wasn't there, so like, clearly they're the top like, tier. <laughs> like you're basically saying they're stockholders and they don't hang out with you guys. Yeah, like honestly, that's yeah. what I I walked. That's you know what I think that's part of what my feeling was. I, I didn't watch the whole thing. I just watched some of the clips of two by two, but I walked away feeling like, dang, why is BTS not here? And and obviously I know they're on break and everything, but it just felt weird. It felt like BTS is put being put on another level than the, everybody else. And it's like, oh, we don't hang out with those peasants. Right. Not BTS giving that vibe, but more so it, it almost is high. It seems very much like a company that's acting like their SM without having that history of success that SM has, if that makes sense. I was just going to say, another thing that really stood out to me too, that stands out to me about this whole thing is even when EXO was at their height, like it never felt like they were from a separate universe than everybody else at SM. And obviously it's, yeah, I get that BTS reached higher heights, but even Big Bang never felt like they were from a separate universe than everybody else at YG. It just never felt that way. Or even another example is I feel like artists former jyp artists who are obviously huge superstars like rain when he's around jyp artists it doesn't feel it still feels normal still doesn't have that weird weirdness to it and i want to kind of go back to the exo thing because another thing is look at whenever i think about like super m i think about wow that's really what three different generations in one group of idols Mm -hmm. and they felt natural Yep. Together. It didn't feel like Temi is just from another planet because he's just, you know, he's been with the company so long. And whereas Mark Lee, you know, is basically a baby in in, in these terms. I don't know. No, it's funny because I actually was just about to say, like, with SME and why it never feels awkward is even with everything that TVXQ has done and BOA has done and EXO and SNSD, they never feel so disconnected from you know, the other groups and the other artists at the company. Nobody is, like, I'm not expecting everybody to be friends, you know? But they're comfortable enough with each other that it's not weird and it's not awkward. And because SME has been doing these SM towns for years at this point, like decades, literally, back when SES and Shinwa and those groups were still around, they were doing SM towns and collaboration songs and things like that. So it's literally four generations of of, K-pop at this point. When you have that history there and when you have people who train together or, you know, work together or you just been on these tours together for a decade at this point, it's just natural. Everybody feels organic. It doesn't feel forced. It like 
when SM Town is together, they're together, they're doing a thing and they're having a good time. And then they go and they live their lives. It's, it's, I don't know, it's realistic, I think, with how colleagues should be acting. You know what I mean? Whereas S, I feel like the Hybe stuff kind of makes them come across as strangers more so than anything else, right? Because they're pushing it too hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing with, with YG, YGE and stuff like that. Big Bang never thought, never acted like they were bigger or better than 21 when they were together at their heights. They were just brother and sister group. Yeah. GD literally had a song called The Leaders with just him and CL. You know, they, they were friends. They were families. When Tan got married, he invited everybody to his wedding. (laughs) You almost do get the feeling of like, huh? They probably actually listen to each other's music. Yeah. You kind of get that feeling. <laughs> yes, when, yes. When, I, when I see 2 by 2 and they do this stuff with these other groups, I just know that they don't listen to each other's music. I, just know, <laughs> just, I don't know. You can just tell. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Also, I think, too, that kind of camaraderie is maybe, maybe it was just more, like, common or it was easier to see or come by in the earlier gens because i think maybe like because of the how everything is now everything's so saturated a lot of the kind of individuality and spontaneity is kind of taken out of k-pop i think a bit with it becoming bigger like when you would see music shows or award shows or whatever, you got this feeling that everybody was kind of part of this K-pop thing and they all knew each other. And and, and I feel like it probably still applies to some extent, but just you don't feel that, you know. I, yeah, I think that's a great point. I do Maybe think too. that that's part of it. I feel like for sure, because, and I think it's so pronounced with Hive because all of their groups are so new to Hive, but I do think that maybe this is something, if maybe if you opened it up, you could see it across groups, maybe. I don't know. I'm not like, but I do think that that could be the case. Because even if you, you said, looking at the shows and everything like that, and you see all the idols on the stage, it does feel like they're disconnected because they're no longer connected by the concept of we're all K-pop idols. It's more like, it does in many ways feel more, it's not even competitive. It's just like they're siloed. Yeah, like, they're, they're yeah. distant. Guy and girl idols can't even look in the same direction anymore. <laughs> it's just sad. Yeah, I think it's, it's also, we talked about this a lot, I think, as well, where k-pop fandoms are so segmented and so antagonistic as well towards each other it's yeah if i don't like a song from a group all of a sudden i'm a hater you know what i mean and if you don't something that a group could put out it's not just that you don't like it it's garbage it's trash it's the worst thing you've ever heard of my group and it's not even that you don't like that one song it's that you uh, apparently have to dislike the whole group now right it's like everything they've ever done every single k-pop group i've ever given a listen to for the most part, maybe with some exceptions, and who who I've listened to more than you know a couple of their songs, I've liked at least one one song. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't just blindly have groups where I just dislike everybody all the time. Even EXO, who everybody knows how I feel about the members of EXO. I just hate this this new world that we live in where if you dislike one thing, that means you hate everything. And sometimes you're not even that connected. It's like that tweet where that guy was like, I like waffles. And someone and someone tweeted, oh, you hate pancakes? And he's like, no, that's not the whole sentence. Like, that no, like, what are you talking about? But that's what it is like. And I feel it has bleeded into 
the K-pop space because now idols can't even say they're friends with other idols. You know, it's fandom. It's your fandom's fault. And I know that it's the easy scapegoat. It's the easy excuse. But honestly, you really saw that first. Well, for me, I mean, obviously I'm very new to K-pop. You guys can speak more to it. But I really saw that with them where it was, they kind of had this, well, it's BTS against the world, you know, and mm-hmm. nobody, nobody liked them. Nobody gave them a chance and they had to find solace within each other, despite the fact that literally every member of that group has more friends outside of the group. And I don't even think they can even tolerate each other that much. I really feel like if you actually listen to them talk about their friends, like V is friends with a bunch of people outside of BTS. Uh, yeah, so he's got that he in the show, with right? Just and his friends. <laughs> and I saw some armies were mad about that. They're like, "How dare they use in the soup? That's just for the boys." I was like, what? "Oh my god!" And yeah. see, this is why BTS feel like they can only hang out with each other for so long. It's like, look, we can all tell that y'all are all annoyed with each other. It is very obvious. Don't get me wrong; I believe that they're very much they care about each other and all that. But what I'm saying is like, you should. You shouldn't have to feel siloed, like, to be around the same people all the time. But I feel like that's what their fandom kind of, like, and they kind of cultivated that. Because it was the us against the world thing. And it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, you know me. I like drama. I like it when members don't like each other. I love it when members don't like each other. When Top was like, he don't invite Summer to his house anymore before they kicked him out of the group. Because he keeps touching his pains. I was like word that that's the type of relationship <laughs> you should have with people just because you guys are in groups doesn't mean you have to be best friends forever that's stupid right. like i'm sorry you work I, together i love when people in groups don't actually that sounds so that's all or like, even negativity <laughs> well i mean even your co-workers didn't shiny you guys said shiny was one of the first yeah. groups to admit that yeah and they work through it like they publicly work through it because if you watch some of the old variety yo Minho could not stand Key. <laughs> Minho hated that bad so much. He started wearing like his vacation he, ones. Key is high key annoying. No, I'm Because Key speaks English. I shouldn't say that. Key, I, I, I get it though. I will say, I, I do. I see Shiny. I really admire that about them. They yeah. just were always honest about what they were. Like, I just remember that interview where John Kim was like, no, we just work together. We, we're business <laughs> partners. It was just very yeah. funny. They're it's just so refreshing. Really yeah, no, yeah. I just don't buy into the fallacy that you guys all like each other. Okay, so we all know Min Hee Jin has issues or some trouble, some controversy because people are accusing her of being a pedophile and for grooming children. And this is not something that is new to Hybe. This is something that has happened and people were talking about with SME as well. So Min Hee Jin came out with a huge statement where she explained every single way and she threatened to take legal action if people don't stop talking about it, basically. And I get it because, I mean, is this woman a pedophile? That's a very serious charge. So I feel like that is something you definitely want to legally defend yourself against. <laughs> yeah, y'all think just be going yeah. around calling people pedophiles. Now. Yeah, that's that's a bit much. I mean, the child grooming and the sexualization of children, there are, there's ground for that, right? I mean, we all heard Cookie. As much as they want to say cookies about their fans' love and, sh- and whatever they're they're trying to push it off as, it's clearly, it was written by, a, you know, someone from the West, and it clearly is meant to be a euphemism for sex and things. So let's at least be honest about it, guys. So I feel like everything is weird. 
right? I just think regardless of liking attention and wanting, you know, the first Vietnamese idol to succeed in K-pop, like this whole situation is just really, really strange and weird. I mean, you know, does like, it help that they're all that a lot of them are minors, yeah. or they all might be minors? I don't remember, but and then their whole concept is being fresh and natural and fresh beauty and all of this, and you know, everyone in K-pop making such a huge deal over their visuals, and and then there was the photo of the old, way older guy at their recent fan meet that was there to meet one of the girls who could probably be his daughter. And then apparently I just read, this is not verified, but apparently some people are, are reporting that the guy that has picture taken at the fan signing was found to have been part of a new jeans community that regularly comments or regularly has comments of a sexual harassment nature and also hangs out on boards that write nasty things about one of the members Hayen who is in junior high school so yes and also you know, all this could just be nipped in the bud if we stopped debuting people under the age of 18 absolutely absolutely and I do want to just point out too I feel like they're just like the whole thing about it, her being a pedophile is one thing but the sexualization of minors I feel like there's a very strong case here especially just like the Kim Garam thing Hybe and you know the people at the top are just not taking this serious enough and they're not doing their due diligence as well because even in the note that me and Kijan put out about explaining things away felt very dismissive here's the thing about cookie the word cookie so the t-shirt brand she had one of the girls in in the video wear a shirt that said pimp is yours for whatever reason i don't know and however the t-shirt brand argued about the shirt is that the word started as a slang word in the 70s and 80s and still used in the united states in the same way to mean to decorate gorgeously and has a great cultural value like what are you even saying? At this point, there's just words on a screen. You know what I mean? Or Cookie is a song for fans. We made this album with the heart of carefully baking cookies. You're literally just putting words out at this point. If you're gonna if you're gonna use English, like look at it if it was the other way around. If it was a, a English a Western group that was using Korean and random Korean and their song that was obviously meant used in a certain way, but then they claimed that. No, we just mean this. You would be saying, no, in our language, this means this, and this has this connotation. You can't just be using words and then claiming that they don't mean what they do mean. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, the photos that were kind of really creepy, she was like, oh, well, somebody just gave them to me, so I put them on the wall because I thought they were pretty. What? It's wild to me. I want to say something for what Ash said. It's wild yeah. to me that the double, double standard exists because mm -hmm. I do feel like... People feel afraid to say what Ash just said because they're always going to come off a certain way. And I'm like, no, it actually just makes logical sense. You can't just use random things and not know what it's saying. I, I don't know. Like, <sighs> sorry. No, it's common sense. I'm, I'm, it's I'm common sense. Go yeah, I feel like I was going to go on a tangent. I don't want to go on that tangent. I, I feel that way about anything. But it's just like you need to know the connotation of these things. You need to understand, like, why this looks the way it looks. Especially because you're trying to, again, market it into another market. You need to understand why it looks the way it looks to the people that it looks that way to. But yeah, anyway. absolutely. And as I said, the song Cookie was written by 
people who absolutely knew what it was about. So you you have these girls singing about making and eating co- their cookies, like a 14-year-old. Well, you gotta understand. Some Korean songwriter would send me a song that's in Korean, and the, all the lyrics are about something gross, and I don't know what I'm singing. I just sing it and put it out into the world, like... Yeah, and then what? and then and then people asking me, it's a song about baking my love for my fans. Like, what? This is the thing. These are val- the pedophile thing is very extreme. I admit that, but I feel like these are very valid concerns that people have. On top of the fact that you are debuting a child and children in this group, and then you have them at fan meets with grown ass, sweaty, weird ass men who are also clearly there to sexualize the girls. Because I mean, the music is great. But it ain't that great. It's it's just really strange for for a lot of us. And so... And it feels like people are like, why, why are you saying that, you know, grown men can't be fans of, of, I guess, you know, groups like this? Nobody's saying that. Nobody's trying to gatekeep fandom. It's just ask yourself, really, why? You know what I mean? That's what you really need to look into is what are these people doing around it? But the point is, is it's all men. It's literally all grown men, self-identified grown men who are just like, let, you know, it just, that's why people are suspicious. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's always a very similar MO that these people give off. It's that their communities are only based around like looking at people in a sexual nature. It, right. it, it's it's not all of their I'm not saying it's every grown man fan I'm saying that the typical situation right it's always about the typical situations what people are talking about and but there's a ahead. history and there's a history of this there's it's not the first time this has happened k-pop has a history of doing these same concepts over and over again we haven't really seen that kind of concept as much in the past generation I think but yeah I mean they're not the first group Maybe the youngest group that's had that concept, but I mean, you know, they stay putting young girls in, you know, schoolgirl uniforms and, you know, dressing them up like they're 12 when they're 17 or 18 or, you know, the, the, the weird age dichotomies. And then the groups that have those concepts having 80% of their fans be men to the point where the only people you can hear in the fan chants are grown men. <laughs> that's very common and then have them on stage you know body rolling in these short skirts singing about cookies i mean it's a problem it's a big problem and i mean k-pop is built on building relationships with the fans and doing what the fans want and if your fans are all you know gross older men then what does that mean for what you have to do to keep them as fans that's you know- the problem but you know what? Hive is going, if they are going to continue to be in this way and the fact that they don't seem to want to have to take responsibility for anything, but you guys also seem like you want to be this top company. You want to liaison with all these Western groups, but you guys want to pull stuff like this. Let the right, the right person get a hold of that story and write something about it in the right social media platform or the right website or whatever and that can that can ruin you it's amazing to me how much these companies and the korean government for whatever reason wants this validation wants this acceptance but they're not willing to really do the work 
to, and it's not about assimilation or whatever, but there are just some things people like fans want to make false equivalencies be like, oh, well, it's their culture. And that doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> like slavery, slavery used to be a part of many people's cultures. I didn't mean it right. was right. You know, it, yeah. and, and there's so much stuff that's a part of people's current cultures that isn't right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally, totally agree. Let me just round out some of these topics because they're all going to be real quick then. So basically, Mark Twan was on IG Live, shared a snippet of his song for his album, his, his full-length album. It looks like it's going to have a lot of songs on it. It's out on August 26th. It's called The Other Side. He's going on a world tour. I'm going to be seeing him in Toronto. And his the snippet came out and a lot of Twitter was not impressed at all with the, the music that they were hearing in this little snippet. And I feel like it was real funny. I'm not gonna lie. A lot of the comments were real funny. So I, you know, I, I that's my opinion on that. Cause you know, obviously not everyone's gonna like every single song a group or their faves put out. It's fine, whatever. But I did want to comment just because I saw a lot of Mark Twan fans, you know, in their feelings talking about, you know, pure Agassi's don't, you know, wouldn't react like this. You know, they're going to support our boys no matter what and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, listen, why are we using fascist terms to describe fandom's reaction to a literally three second snippet of a song? And why do you get to determine who is a real fan? I personally have not liked, liked a single song that Mark Twain has dropped not a single one, Naria song. I'm not buying the album, but I'll be seeing him on tour. You know, I feel like live is, is a very different beast. And I feel like I'll probably appreciate it live. And also the tickets were very ex- expensive. And also Mark is very nice to look at. So I will be there. You know, I, I feel like a lot of the people who also were like, ooh, this may not be the one are still people who like Mark. They like his music, some of them. They like his personality, what he does as a model and, you know, his his personality when he's streaming and things like that. We're allowed to be to be like, ooh, maybe girl, this ain't the one and still be fans of people. I feel like this is touching on everything we've talked about today, basically about people policing, you know, who a pure, true Aryan fan is, you know, in comparison to other people. And it's like, who gave you the right to steal? Go do something else. Get off, log off and go do something else, please. So yeah, that's kind of my feeling on it. If you want to laugh, definitely, definitely go check out some of the comments that because they were real funny. But also another little thing I want to mention on that is that Black people roast people that they like all the time. It's a cultural thing. It doesn't mean we hate people. I roast myself, I roast my friends, my family. We do it because we do it. So I think that might, maybe it might have been a bit of a culture shock for some people, but I'm just tired of Black people not being able to enjoy doing things because- I also want to make it clear too that, sorry, I don't don't want to- I just want to say like, I do feel like roasting too, that part of that is it's largely- largely harmless because of the way that it's done and how for example i have been roasted by my family members i've roasted my family members and most of the time it's not like you're saying stuff that you're gonna that that you think would actually hurt the person you're just cracking jokes on something very minor and it's almost kind of how people view satire you know what i mean yeah 
Absolutely, absolutely. And okay, I'm not gonna lie, there are probably some God7 shoot like haters and aunties in the comments. You can't control for that. And they would have said whatever they were gonna say, regardless of what anybody else was gonna be doing, right? They will hate yeah. because they will hate, you know? But I just kind of don't like the way that other fandoms like to police black fans sometimes when we're having fun goofing off, you know, you know, enjoying our black people joy and here comes you know, commander frowns a lot or whatever. And they're trying to ruin the the vibe. And then they always do it in these really, really extremely kind of weird cult-like ways, you know? And I just, it's a no for me. Just, if you don't like what people are saying about Mark Twan's music, then just block and mute them and move on. Everybody's going to find the joy that they can find where they can find it, you know? So we're having, we had a good time that night. It was real fun, but we've all moved on. We're still going to be checking out Mark's new music and giving it the fair chance that it deserves because we're still fans of him. We're still fans of God 7 Get over it. Also, I just want a really quick shout out to the J Park fandom for being not smart. So J Park was performing in England and there was some controversy about him maybe saying the n-word and it came out that he didn't say the n-word but people were acting really upset that people would assume that jay park jay you know jonathan park like people were really surprised that people would believe that he said the n-word and i thought that that was the most interesting part of the whole discussion because jay park is problematic and has been problematic since 2 p.m. days. This man has all the controversies. And he has proven that he doesn't actually respect Black people or their opinions. So why would you not believe? Why would you be upset that people believed that Jay Park said the N-word without actually seeing proof of it? I, I just, that is the part that kind of made me, like, pause why would you assume that Jay Park just wouldn't say? I actually strongly believe that Jay Park says it in private. He's, I feel like he's smart enough not to do it in public, but I do definitely believe that Jay Park says it in private because he just seems like the type to do that. But it's, it was just really strange to me seeing all these Jay Park fans and shooters and just coming in my mentions and just being really upset and angry. And a lot of Black people at that, like, Please love yourself more. It's very, the whole thing was very strange. Jay Park is a problematic person. So if he does, if people say he does things that are problematic, people are going to believe it. Just that's a reality you need to accept. You know, if somebody is going to sue Sungri for some sort of, I don't know, like sex related crime, people are going to believe it because he has a history of doing, of being connected to something like that you know what i mean so what you're saying is like it's guilty until proven innocent with certain type of people certain people because well i just for me my my gut reaction after i figured out that was what this whole thing was about was okay i kind of see it but then i thought about it a little more and i'm like mm, j park is too smart to get caught up in that right now maybe five ten years ago yeah i mean everybody in oh, yeah really had that type of history but I feel like he's just too smart now to get caught up in that and that's why I say I feel like he says it in, in private and just not in public because he knows better mm -hmm. but I just don't understand for me I just couldn't wrap my head around the fact that 
people assumed he did something that was anti-black and problematic and people and his fans were like how dare you believe that he would do something anti-black and problematic he's a korean rapper they don't do that like what (laughs) it was so silly it's oh my god and then like the responses I got a bunch of tweets that were like this you because I talked about liking a Jay Park song and I'm like okay so I like the Jay Park song I can't be critical that is such a lazy <laughs> retort when people do that it's like yeah that's me what do you mean it it's tweets a lot so- they think they pull in something and it's like do you think I don't know that that's on my account do you think I don't know that I like a song from this artist at one point I don't, people did that to us with the Kong Daniel thing. And I'm like, yes! do you realize we like his music? Right. They would be like, this you, this you. And it's like me, us that's like, not the tweeting about it. Thinking. Yeah, that's us. I mean, yeah, 100%. You didn't even need to screen cap it because the tweet's still up. It's still there. I mean, I could have pulled it up for you. I mean, <laughs> I'm not a bit embarrassed, ashamed, or any of those things. Yeah. I, I feel like, honestly, okay, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the whole idea of people reducing things to you either hate it or you love it. Life is never that black and white. I mean, there's some things where it's like that, right? Like, we all hate serial killers. I mean, <laughs> some of y'all. <laughs> Some of y'all need to be institutionalized because y'all love serial killers. Right. That's something you need to work out with your therapist. But I would say most people who are in a healthy mindset who are average people hate serial killers, right? Our point is, is that there's only very few things in life that's like that. And I feel like human beings are complicated. And when people do that, it shows me that you're young. It shows me you don't really have a lot of experience. It shows me that you've never actually liked things before and you've never interacted with things before. So this this first thing, you just make your whole entire personality about it. And you don't realize that there are other parts of you that you can explore. I don't know. It kind of goes back to the people who just like, they make their entire life and personality about oh yeah i'm a k-pop stand or oh yeah like i do there's this very one specific trait about me it kind of you know what it is kind of reminds me of old school tumblr girls their entire their entire personality was like oh i wish i could be a 50s housewife i was like okay their entire person i was like i just love listening to lana del rey and i'm just do you like to do anything else (laughs) is that is that all you like autumn i I just love autumn aesthetic you know i like scarves (laughs) and pumpkin spice lattes and i'm just like okay i like scarves and pumpkin spice lattes too i shop it i I just love shopping at target that's the only place i honestly that's that's a real type of person People yeah. who like Target is their entire personality. That's a real type of person that I'm. Yeah, <laughs> especially around here. It's very sad. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so I I just really had to get that off my spirit because I just could not understand why people were literally making tweet threads about the misconceptions about Jay Park. What? Were <laughs> Jay you, Park is fine. Were you able to tell if they were? younger fans maybe that just didn't know and no i mean i've i've gotten into it with jay park fans before and they're all like adults you know who are and a lot of them are black a lot of them are black as well black women who go up for their korean nega holla (laughs) (laughs) why did you say that their entire personality is like yeah i listen to k-hip-hop that's the real shit that's the real music that's the real vibe oh okay okay Uh, like oh and lastly lastly 
some heifer on Twitter had the nerve to say that Flo was literally doing New Jeans style. Like, do you understand that what New Jeans is doing has been done before? This is not new. Literally, their whole concept is that they're doing throwback 90s music. That's that's the whole really? concept. Yeah. yeah. So people born in 2006 are doing 90s music before somehow people born in the 90s. Okay. And Flo literally came out with Cardboard Box last year. So they are actually an older group as well. So it's it's really just mind-blowing that any of you would assume that K-pop is the started is making trends because K-pop is not making trends. K-pop, K-pop has is never cool. has not made any trends at all other than making Korean culture more popular. That's it. No, and also bringing the the bundles. I know we were doing bundles over here, but I feel like seeing how well that K-pop was able to scam their fans, that that has really just transplanted over to the West. I feel like K-pop reached economies of scale with packaging. Yeah, they just get, they just throw, you know what they do? K- K-pop does what, I'm not going to expose myself like that, but what they do is they just get a box and they just figure out how much branded stuff they can fill it with and they just sell that and then that's the album. And I feel like that is something that is relatively unique to cable it's probably done here now but it wasn't common you used to i thought you get a cd and back in the day and it would come with like a lyric book and with maybe some pictures in it and that's it but yeah and, and maybe I, I remember one time i got a poster with mine but these days it's literally like here's a bunch of pictures nobody asked for and like a lockbox with a key that you can put a diary in with a and branded the- pin and the there is some vial of my blood for you to carry yeah. now. <laughs> well, that would actually make it valuable. It's of some value. But the, yeah, I mean, the, not to dunk on Beyonce because we had the whole Beyonce discussion before we recorded. But she did have some kind of a deal with her new album, Renaissance, where she was also doing boxes with T-shirts and something else. I, yeah. I don't She had a pre-release but, before the album came out. And it was just like, buy it if you want. But at least the t-shirt is useful, you know? It yeah. feels like what K-pop companies do is they they go to these little, like, job fairs and conventions, and they collect all of the stuff that sits out on the tables, and then they just put it all in the album packaging yeah. and rebrand it. That's what they do. Like, it's, no, it's nothing would, of actual value. I personally would buy, if they were just selling the photo books, I feel like that's the only thing of value in any of these boxes, okay? I don't want these little card thingies. I don't want a bookmark. I don't want, like, a stand thingy. I just feel like they do too much. And now I have all this crap that I don't even want. I just want the photo book. I like the album. I have a DVD player and I have a Blu-ray player. I can play music. I can play physical music, you know? But... The whole concept of this box and just throwing as much shit in it as you can, I'm over that. I really am completely and totally over it. But you know that JYP is actually yeah. has has come out and said that they're not going to be selling box albums like these anymore because they're and you know their whole thing mad. is yeah their whole thing is that they're trying to be environmentally friendly. You know their building is self sustaining, right? Like it runs on its own energy and everything. Oh well, and remember his his. Food court inside is a vegetarian or something like that, too. So their whole thing is that they're trying to be as green as possible, and they're scaling that with 
albums. But a lot of these companies are also doing that where J-Hope's album wasn't actually an album. I think it was like, you got a digital and you got stuff, but you don't get a physical album anymore or anything. Right, but the funny thing is fans got mad about that because they felt that Hype wasn't promoting him properly because they didn't have a physical. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just saying, yeah. even if they were trying to do, quote unquote, the right thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, they're also into NFTs, which are really garbage for the environment. So, I mean, yeah, it, capitalism is going to capitalism, you know, it's going to do what it's got to do. So it's, it is what it is at this point. But yeah, those, those are our topics. Let us know how you feel on any of these many things that we discussed. If you agree, disagree have any thoughts opinion always remember to be respectful because you know we're we'll tell you about yourself so just just be careful guys we have featured coming up and we were going to do new jeans but we kind of decided not to do new, new jeans so new jeans i can only speak for myself i've kind of like outside of talking about it for fandoms for spaces and the podcast and stuff like that i have kind of just decided to distance myself from new jeans i just don't want to associate with whatever is going on over there and i feel very uncomfortable with things like cookie and you know the fa- the fact that their fans are you know highly sexualizing them and and along with the company i i we had an episode of our on our patreon where we talked a bit about things that we've changed our mind on and i I did mention that I had, you know, thought for a second I might have outgrown K-pop. And that's actually to tie it into the TXT thing I was talking about before. When TXT was performing, a lot of the songs, I was like, ooh, I feel like I'm too old for all this, for the most part. And then they played, and that was kind of weird, because I never felt like I was too old for music. But I definitely felt like I was too old for music, (laughs) That some of the music that they were playing. And then they played Zero But One Love Song, and I was like, oh, I love this song. I still love this song. So maybe it's just, you know, some of the trendy styles that they're doing is just not for me. It's not like I'm outgrowing K-pop. But I honestly do feel like with New Jeans, I'm just too old for it. I do, not only does it make me uncomfortable, but because it makes me uncomfortable, I'm going to be responsible and, and a responsible adult at that. And I'm just not going to be a part of everything that's going on with these girls, basically. I think the oldest member is 18, the youngest member is 14. The whole thing is just makes me uncomfortable and I kind of don't know what the truth is. So I would really prefer to be the mature person here and just back away and just be hey, that group is just not for me. And it sucks because yeah. I did like attention. I, I really genuinely did like attention. I still like it. But I, you know, I got to be an adult here. I got to make smart decisions. And I don't want to consume something that makes me uncomfortable. So, yeah. What about you guys? Yeah. I mean, I actually have not listened to any of their music i don't really know much about them except for what we've talked about really and what we've discussed i'm one of a person where i gotta come by music kind of organically i don't know i'm just i usually don't go seeking stuff out i i prefer i find that i never find what i'm looking for if i go look for something so i just let it come to me and just from what i hear though i definitely wouldn't seek out 
what's going on with them either. I mean, I th- I do. Th- it's it's funny because it's back in the day, maybe I would have felt a little bit different, but also back in the day, I was closer to their age. You know what I mean? Yes, like, yes. I think when Shiny was first debuting, I probably would have been like, oh, Tammy, he's 14 and the oldest member of this group is 18. Okay. But these days, I feel very different about that, probably because I'm 10 years older. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I really don't have no interest. You know what I mean? Not saying that age determines interest because you can, I don't know, like I, I watched SpongeBob. I mean, I guess SpongeBob is technically 30 something, but the point point is, is I still, there there are things I still like that are, that maybe in theory are geared towards kids, even though we all know SpongeBob is more so geared towards adults. I I still feel like certain things, it's just, it just doesn't interest me. You know what I mean? And not only does it not interest me, but there are elements of it that just seem out of place based on what I've heard and what what I've seen having a song like that I couldn't imagine no knowing what I feel about the connotation of that song and then knowing that the girls are so young it just wouldn't feel right for me so I personally was like yeah I don't want to do this feature on this group it just doesn't yeah. I, I don't know enough yet and even if I knew more I don't want to know more because I feel like everything I hear just doesn't it just feels uncomfortable yeah that's kind of where I stand on it Ash I mean, the way I feel about it is, I had mentioned to you guys before that this whole thing with new jeans, this type of concept or whatever is not new. This may be the youngest kind of group they've done it with, but they've been doing this kind of thing, like questionable sexualization of young girls or sexualizing youth or innocence. They've been doing it for a long time. And with the increased visibility of it, you've got more international fans, more people coming in, and you have more discussion about these things as they crop up, you know, whereas before people just kind of, I guess, accepted it. But now you have people that are coming into this and saying, this makes me uncomfortable, or this girl is way too young to be singing this type of song or doing these moves. And then you're going to have other people on the other side say, well, it's their culture, this or that. And this is where the quote unquote discourse is happening. And, you know, I'm just one thing I'll be interested to see is with these K-pop companies with South Korea wanting to get as much eyes on them as possible from the West, from big countries and things like that. Like, how are you going to reckon with these with these things? In some areas, you've got some companies like JYP. E, surprisingly, that have seemed like they have tried to make little changes, you know, here and there. And then you have companies like Hive that just seem like they think they're too big to to need to care, you know. And that is, you know, not going to be the case if they have the the right scandal, the right person, the right day that can completely destroy you. So. They really need to be thinking about these things. You want these big popular groups that get attention, but, you know, you got to think about, well, what am I putting out there? What am I putting out there for the international fans to see? So I think that'll be interesting, but just quickly to touch on, too, the age thing. I've been feeling that for a while. Generally, when I listen to K-pop songs, on average, it's going to be something from second and third gen that I listened to before. And most of the time when I listen to those songs, I don't feel like I've outgrown most of them. But maybe that's nostalgia. But I definitely feel like with 
new origin with now it's a combination of the trends because you know i definitely think i've gotten to the age where it's just you're yelling at cloud this is what the young people are into what is what is being made for the young people quote unquote and it's just not for me i'm not into it and that's fine and then also too as you get older like jimin kind of said you're get you know the the groups are getting younger and we're getting older so that that's a, you're gonna have a different perspectives on it seeing yeah, yeah seeing that yeah yeah no i i definitely agree and it's funny because i do like other fourth gen groups that have members i think one young and yunjin are like 18 19 and ivy so i mean it's not like there are not other groups that have sort of youngish members but i just feel like I said, I like the song. It's everything around these girls that has been just hella suspicious. Right. Well, the con. Yeah. 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 And I just, I really just don't want any part of that at this point. I'm just going to, it's, it's not like the music is not slapping so much that I need to listen to it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's fine. Just to not do that and to to focus on on the stuff that you actually like. And honestly, the (laughs) stuff that we, when we were younger, younger when we were children or mm-hmm. just you know in our youthful years the songs that we liked at that time they were songs of our era right so you yeah, always yeah. want to kind of connect to them obviously you don't listen to you know hand me baby one more time every day but yeah, yeah. when i was a you know in middle school i think is when it came out i mm-hmm. that was a great song you know and i love yeah. i listen to it a lot so i definitely think that yeah it's not it's not like i i've come to the sort of conclusion that it's not aging out more so but it's just like being having a different mindset and just choosing my music responsibly so yeah and i think think that's what we want to do yeah i think too one more thing that i've noticed is you get older and and then the longer you are in the fandom the more you notice things so we're at the age now we've been in this for a while we know all the tricks and we know all the the behind the scenes stuff so you know and K-pop has only gotten more kind of streamlined since then. So it's lost a lot of the uniqueness I think it used to have, or that we saw it as having when we were in it. It it's definitely has a slicker kind of more production now. And the groups are younger. They're generally not as polished. So for me, uh, I'm more more likely to just listen to a song and not seek out a performance of it because <laughs> nine times out of ten the performance is going to put me off of the song when it used to be the other way around but you know that's more the industry right i'm not criticizing the groups or anything it's the industry that is made things the, the way it is you've got people training 10 years and they're fainting on stage after one performance what are you doing but yeah yeah okay well I feel like that is a great way to end the show today. So thank you, obviously, to Ash and Jimin. Shout out to Jay. And I guess we can do some shout out. Do you guys want to go first? Anybody wants to go first? I just want to shout out um, um, dang, I forgot. Shout out to Spongebob and all of the conspiracy theorists who make Spongebob theories. I'm really enjoying this one theory that I'm watching right now about how Goofy Goober is an alien death cult. Very interesting. Highly recommend the video. That's really, I think, my only shout out. That's the only 
Yes, that's my only enjoyment in life these days. I can't really think of anybody I have a shout. Oh, I guess shout out to Merrick Garland. You know, I was I was a bit iffy on him at first, I'm be honest, but dude's coming through. Dude's, dude's starting to come through. So we'll see what happens with all of the things happening in the U.S. right now. But it's nice to go to bed without horrifying feeling of existential dread hanging over your head at night. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. I had to Google him. I didn't know who he was. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it's American politics. I see. I see. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a pretty big one. Shoutouts for me. Shoutouts to the cast of Alchemy of Soul, because that is my favorite drama this year, and I am a complete completely obsessed with them and the new love of my life from New West and 101. I can admit it. I'm completely smitten. So <laughs> shout out to you, sir. You have a nice face. Shout out to God7. Shout out to, you know what? I didn't like the album, but shout out to Girls' Generation. 15 years in the gate. See, this is why it's important to have longevity for these groups because then we don't always have to be like, oh, well, if we want to be into K-pop, we have to listen to fourth and third gen groups or fifth gen groups or whatever. We actually have groups from our age groups or from our eras of entrance who are still making music. And that's what's really important, okay? Longevity is crazy important. So shout out to all the second gen groups that are still out here making music and you know, Taman's going to be out of the military next year. We're going to get some new shiny. I'm excited. Hopefully Lucas's scandal dies down and we can get some new Super M. I'm, I'm optimistic, you know, about the state of things in K-pop and Blackpink and the VMAs. I'm very optimistic. And I'm optimistic that we will meet again in two weeks and have an episode done. And I'm optimistic that you all will like, share, and repost this. if you have any comments questions and concerns reach out to us at gmail at not your average netizens at gmail.com on twitter at nyan edizens and on facebook and instagram which i should be updating hopefully tomorrow oh no no not tomorrow probably at the end of the week i should be updating it anyways and you can find us there because we've been quite quite quiet on those sites unfortunately any last words from you guys, before we go, we're just bye. Pickles. Bye. Pickles. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye.